is Michelle, the host of Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast presented by the El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and the Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center. We are so excited to bring you this most recent episode of Sharing Sweat Equity. It is a live Q&A with Karen Kerrigan, president of the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council. She answers all of the questions that you have about the stimulus bill, AKA the CARE Act, and how it is going to help your businesses in the next coming months. We, of course, want to get this episode started by thanking our partners, Sun City Carpets, and also, of course, Epicenter. If you are looking for commercial real estate property in El Paso, Texas, make sure to give Epicenter a call. So without further ado, here is our live Q&A session with Karen Kerrigan, president of the SBE Council. Um, you know, let me just, just, again, let me just be, you know, pretty brief, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, the whole program itself. The, um, and again, we have section by section summaries um, on our website, sbecouncil.org. You know, the big feature is this uh, $350 billion SBA uh, 7A loan program. Um, it's a program for small employers, for self-employed individuals, gig economy workers. Uh, it's really being done to help prevent workers from losing their jobs and small businesses from going under due to economic losses uh, caused um, by the effects of COVID-19. Um, and also for them to um, be able to maintain employees, bring back uh, employees, um, so that we have some type of small business economy uh, once we get um, you know, to the other side of this crisis and small businesses will be able to ramp up um, quickly and hopefully we'll, we'll get back to um, uh, uh, you know, decent recovery so that we all can not only survive but thrive. So this uh, uh, Paycheck Protection Program, this PPP uh, program provides eight weeks of cash flow assistance through 100% federally guaranteed loans to small employers who maintain um, a payroll during the emergency. Um, and if the employer maintains that payroll, and it's a payroll period between uh, February 15th and, and June 30th, so there is flexibility there. I've seen some misinformation from so-called experts that say, oh, you need to hire people back right away you know, in order to uh, qualify for the forgiveness piece of this loan, that's not true. There is flexibility. You don't have the cash yet, so how could you possibly do that, right? If you if you want, if you need to get these uh, need to get these funds. So, the um, if the employer maintains payroll, the portion of the loans used uh, for covered payroll costs, interest on mortgage obligations, rent, uh, utilities would be forgiven. Um, and again, the, the proposal, it would be retroactive to February 15th to help bring workers who may have been already laid off back into the payrolls. So the other piece um, is debt relief. So if you do have an existing SBA loan product, including 7A uh, loans, Community Advantage 504 loans, micro loan programs, you get debt relief for six months. The SBA is going to be required to pay all principal interest and fees on those loans for a six-month period. So that's pretty significant and generous relief for people who currently have um, SBA loans. And um, uh, with respect to, um, uh, you know, just again, the, the, the covered period for the loans, for the PPP loans, uh, February 15th to June 30th, no fees collected from the lender or borrower, forgoes the can't get credit elsewhere requirement, no collateral personal guarantee required, um, max maturity of 10 years from the date on the loan. Uh, the lender must provide uh, complete deferment relief for the impacted borrower. And uh, again, they can be used for payroll costs, continuation of group health benefits during periods of paid sick leave, medical and family leave and insurance premiums. Um, employer salaries, commission, and similar compensation, mortgage payments, rent, utilities, interest of any debt obligations that were incurred before the covered period. So that, um, you know, that is very, um, I mean, that, again, is sort of the, the nuances of the broad piece of this. Uh, in terms of the economic injury disaster loans, and, you know, SBE Council, we have 100,000 members throughout the country. They already started applying for these economic injury disaster loans um, before the CARES Act 
uh, was, uh, uh, was passed by Congress and signed by the president. So there are a lot of those um, uh, economic injury disaster loans in the pipeline right now. And if you are one of those folks that has a economic injury disaster loan in the pipeline, um, and if you apply for it, you should have received something from the SBA saying that, you know, you can also go back through a simplified, uh, a simplified uh, uh, loan application online on the website to take advantage of the $10,000 um, uh, payment uh, that will be made, uh, uh, is supposed to be quickly made during a two to three period that actually is, serves as a grant um, you know, for small businesses that now is part of this economic injury disaster loan program. But the program itself, the, uh, the injury disaster loan program, um, it has been changed as well. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, including sole proprietors, independent contractors, um, and uh, private nonprofits are also eligible for both the grants, that $10,000 grant, as well as the economic injury disaster loan. Uh, the, um, the SBA on those particular loans are going to waive any personal guarantee on advances and loans uh, below $200,000. And then there is... Um, uh, there is, of course, a requirement that an applicant needs to have been in business for the one-year period before the disaster um, on those particular loans. On the SBA 7A Payment Protection Program loans, there just has to be shown that you, you were in, in business as of that February 15th date. Um, let me see what other um, – I, I mentioned the $10,000 uh, you know, payment that will be uh, you know, advanced, if you will of that loan uh, that should be distributed within three days, that is written in the legislation. And, um, and there is the opportunity to, once you um, have that EIDL loan, be, again, because people have already applied for those um, economic injury disaster loans, that you can roll those over into a payment, uh, a, a, a paycheck protection program low. So loan, so all these are supposed to uh, work together um, um, you know, given that uh, there was um, the EIDL loans were first available before the legislation was passed for these new 7A, uh, SBA 7A loans. Um, that, you know, sort of is the loan piece of it. And I know there's a lot of details um, and a lot of moving parts, but I would also, and, and we'll, we'll, we could take some questions. And again, hopefully I can answer as many as I can without having this SBA guidance that's going to be so critical. But please look at the tax uh, piece of this as well, because the tax relief is pretty significant in terms of uh, you'll be able to uh, delay a payment of the employer side of the payroll taxes um, for the year up until um, uh, for the end of the year, up until the December 30th, uh, 31st, uh, 2020. And then paying it back, uh, the, you know, the, it's also pretty generous in terms of the payback with 50% owed by December 31st, 2021, and the other half, uh, December 31st, 2022. So essentially, you have two years to pay back the employer side of the payroll tax. There's um, changes to the five-year carryback, uh, an expansion of net operating losses earned in 2018, 2019, 2020, and carry back those losses for five years. There's uh, connect, uh, technical corrections to qualified improvement prop, uh, property, the depreciation treatment for that, waiving the 10% early withdrawal penalty on retiring account distribution. So if you need capital to take out, you know, of your retirement account to use for your business, uh, you know, you won't be uh, penalized for that. Uh, and there's also some changes to health savings accounts. Um, and I will add there's also an employee retention credit. So, you know, for businesses that, okay, they do have a cash cushion, they may have a line of credit with their, or can get loans from their financial institution or lender, mm -hmm. there is an employee retention credit, a refundable payroll tax credit equal to 50% of up to 10000 in wages per employee, including health benefits for the remainder, um, uh, for the remainder of the year. So, that's another credit uh, and another feature and a benefit for small businesses. So, I mean, you really do have to look at all of this um, as a whole 
and see what works for your business. So I'm just, and again, lots of details on our website, you know, that please follow up on and look at, and I'm sure you've been looking at this already because these programs have been out there or, you know, the, that they'll be forthcoming, the guidance. Um, the U.S. Chamber also has a really good guide that they just put out yesterday on their website, which uh, walks businesses through some of these features as well. So um, anyway, with that, I hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get to your, you know, answer some questions that I'm going to be jotting them down as well <laughs> if I, if I cannot. And I'll, 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 you know, I'll go to some of our financial advisors and tax experts and get back with those answers as quickly as I can. So was that an okay summary? Uh, in terms of the sort of the highlights? <laughs> no, I, I think that was that was fantastic and so much information for our businesses. And we are getting questions coming in right now on Facebook Live and we're also getting questions coming in on Zoom. So just to start off with a couple of questions that we've gotten from Facebook Live. First off, there's a rumor going around that um, if you apply for the Paycheck Protection Program loans, you would not be eligible then for SBA disaster loans and vice versa. So can you provide some clarity on that for our businesses? Yeah, well, I, I do know for sure that um, if you have an economic injury disaster loan that um, currently, and if you do get funds from that, uh, if you qualify and then get the funds, that you can in fact roll that over into a paycheck protection loan. And, and if the features of the SBA 7A paycheck protection loan are um, work for you in terms of being able to get that, um, that relief uh, or that payment forgiveness, if you will, you know, for payroll and some of the other costs that we, uh, that we, uh, those other things that we talked about, that you can in fact do that. You know, the only thing that they're saying is that you can't use those loans for the same purposes. And also that if you do get the $10,000, um, if you do get that $10,000 advance, which all EIDL um, applicants are supposed to get, that, and if you roll this over into a HF protection loan, that that will be subtracted, you know, from, you won't be able to double dip, you know, that that, that won't be able to be, uh, they'll subtract that from what is forgiven on the SBA loan. So, you know, the, the, the thing is that you can't use them for the same purposes. But if you get an EIDL loan, you're going to be able to roll that into a paycheck protection loan because the paycheck protection loan, you know, does have some of the other features and benefits where there's loan forgiveness. And for many of our members, I know that have employees that want to hire them back, uh, that to them is, 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 you know, is sort of the, the feature that they like the best and getting that loan forgiveness that really is sort of a grant <laughs> until you get on the other side of this crisis. So another question that we had um, come in was, do you have to apply for the economic disaster loan to get that advance, or can you just apply for the $10,000 advance? So what you do is right now there's a new, um, there's a new application. It's a streamlined application. So if you go to the um, EI, if you haven't applied for the EIDIO loan already, and haven't heard back from the SBA, you know, that they've received your application, it's in the queue, they're looking for it. Even if you have a current application on an EIDL loan, you can't, you should go in and apply for that 10,000 advance. They specifically say that um, um, in their current guidance um, on that 10K, on, on that 10,000 that is available. So what you're presuming to be doing is you're, you're, they're presuming that you are going to be applying for an economic injury disaster loan. And you go there. It takes, I asked one of my members, it takes 10 minutes. They went in and applied for the loan. You're basically certifying that you are a business. You are certify, certifying, you know, under penalty of law that you are a business <laughs> and that, um, what the SBA will then do is get back to you and say, okay, you are qualified for an economic injury disaster loan. But even if you don't qualify, you are going to be getting that $10,000 advance. So I would encourage all of you that are listening in or watching on Facebook 
to apply for that $10,000 advance because even if you don't qualify for the loan itself, you'll be able to keep that advance. And um, maybe during the process, you'll say, well, gee, now we have all this information out on the SBA PPP loan. I'm going to do that instead. Um, but they will ask if you did get 10000 in economic injury disaster assistance or this grant, because obviously they'll, they'll, they'll be tracking that. And then that will be subtracted from the loan forgiveness piece of the SBA 7A loan. Am I making this clear? I know, I, I know it's complicated. I'm trying to uh, <laughs> talk very linear and make it as clear as possible. And I hope that's the case. <laughs> no, no. Definitely um, as clear as possible. It is a, a changing and ever evolving situation. So of course things can change. Things can, uh, what we're saying right now could end up being a little bit different tomorrow, but it is very clear the explanation. So I really appreciate that. We are getting a question um, about payroll. So our payroll varies because of seasonal employees. How is retention of employees going to be measured for the PPP loan? My understanding is that they're going to be looking at the, um, they'll be looking at sort of the average, um, you know, the average monthly payroll over a 12 month period if you've been in business for a, a good period of time. So, and then they, um, so that's, so they'll be looking at the average monthly payroll over that 12 month period if you were in business. You know, obviously, if you're a newer business, they'll be just looking at the average monthly payroll that you currently have since you currently uh, since you started the business. But it will be looking over uh, again that sort of average monthly, and um, you know, and again, there's there's some links, you know, to our um, uh, so basically it's. They'll be looking at the average monthly loan, but it will provide a loan equal to two and a half months of the company's payroll up to $10 million. So, you know, again, I think it, it provides a lot of flexibility because there are some seasonal businesses. There are, you know, businesses that sort of ramp up and slow down. Mm -hmm. And um, and and you'll be able to, again, to come up with it, you know, with that firm number, you know, based upon these eligibility uh, requirements. Okay, so next question that we are getting, are any barriers, are there any barriers to businesses that are current with IRS installment agreements? So if they have IRS installment agreements, would that preclude them from being able to get a disaster relief loan or being able to get one of these PPP loans? You know what, I did not see that. I mean, I, I, you know, in, in the legislation itself, I did not see that mentioned anywhere. Um, and in fact, um, uh, you know, I know that the IRS, you know, is actually working with um, with businesses currently in terms of these, in, you know, in terms of any of these uh, payment agreements that they may have, um, and uh, and and providing flexibility in that regard as well, and you know, doing what they can to work with with taxpayers and with businesses who may have those payment agreements or payments come due that they can extend those out. But I did not see anything at all in the legislation, and I'm just jotting down that question right now to make sure, um, you know, that there is, if there is guidance forthcoming, that that needs to be clarified. But I did not see that um, in the legislation that that would forego or preclude them, um, you know, from taking advantage of any of these loans. Okay. So next question. Um, what if some of, so I'm guessing that this is coming from one of our nonprofit members. So what if some of the payroll that you currently have is covered through existing grants? Will the loan cover all payroll costs or just the payroll not covered by existing grants? Boy, that is a good question. And I don't have an answer for that. That is something that I can follow up on. Um, um, I, I will definitely have to follow up on that and see. Again, there really was not any mention of that um, in um, in the legislation as I read it. And I don't know if they're talking about government grants or if they're talking about nonprofit grant. You know that they maybe got from a, a foundation or right. um, a corporate uh, grant. So um, you know, income is income. 
Um, and I did not see, again, any language that would preclude a nonprofit from um, receiving that type of relief. But again, that might be something where there needs to be guidance on, particularly if it's, if it's a grant that comes from the government. So that, um, I, so I can't really say I have an answer for sure. I am just saying that there was no language in there and, um, and nonprofits get their income from so many different sources. So, but there may have to be guidance forthcoming on, on a government specific um, grant. And we'll have to check that out. And I am writing that question down right now. <laughs> um, so next question that we've got, can a person apply for the disaster loan for their business, their home, and then their other location or their other home that they might be renting out as another source of income? Would they need it, if they are applying for all three, would it need to be a separate application for each or would they put it all together as one application? You know, I would guess that depends on maybe how you do your tax returns because I know that, um, you know, there will be, in part of the process, the EIDL process, you know, they do require, um, you know, tax returns to be submitted. But on the other hand, from a common sense perspective, the economic injury loans and the homeowner homeowner uh, loan are two different things, okay? So, uh, and, and actually, with the disaster loans, most of the lending that's been done in the past has mostly been all homeowners and individuals who have applied for disaster loans, not businesses. A smaller portion has come to businesses. My guess that my best guess at this point is that would it have to be two loans, the business and then the homeowner, and then the homeowner that that they should be two separate pieces. So, um, but that might be something that guidance will be forthcoming as well. But it, again, in the past, the business loans and the homeowner loans have always been separate. The economic injury loans and the homeowner loans have been separate loans. And moving forward, I would think that they would keep those separate as well. Okay, great. So we do have another question coming in that's asking for a little bit of clarification from one of your previous points. Um, did you say you can roll over the emergency impact loan into a PPP loan, thus making the emergency impact loan forgivable? Yes, yes. So that is, um, and I'm going through, um, I'm, I'm right now, uh, just, I'm, I'm reading. Um, okay, so yeah, so the question right from the Small Business and Entrepreneurship uh, uh, Committee's uh, uh, frequently asked questions says, you know, if I apply for or received an economic injury disaster loan related to COVID-19 before the Paycheck Protection Program became available, will I, able, will I be able to refinance into a PPP loan? And the answer is yes. If you received an EIDL, EIDL loan related to COVID-19 um, uh, and um, uh, you would be able to refinance into a PPP for loan forgiveness purposes? So the answer is yes, according to the Senate Committee on Small Business and Entrepreneurship, and they're the ones who wrote the legislation. Um, the, um, the thing is though, you, it says, however, you may not take out an EIDL loan and a PPP for the same purposes. So the remaining portions of the EIDL loan, for example, other than those laid out in loan forgiveness, um, would remain uh, would remain alone, and that's the same thing for the PPP loan. Whatever is not forgiven, you know, basically you would pay that over a period of time. So um, anyway, so yeah, and if you took the if you took advantage of the emergency EIDL grant award of up to ten thousand, that amount would be subtracted from the amount forgiven under PPP. So. Um, so that I'm reading that directly from the Small Business and Entrepreneurship, uh, you know, FAQ section. And again, they, they wrote the legislation and that was, you know, that was their intent. So I would guess that once the SBA um, and SBA comes out with its guidance and with its loans, that they'll even make that clearer in terms of, you know, the yes answer you know, that was given by the Small Business Committee, uh, the Committee on Small Business and Entrepreneurship. So I think that also answers this other question that we have right now that says, how do you go about rolling into the Paycheck Protection Loan? Um, so I'm guessing rolling your EI grant into the Paycheck Protection Loan 
So I'm guessing we're going to have to wait for some clarification on that from SBA. Well, what's going to happen is, I mean, obviously the EIDL loans, right, these economic injury loans, the SBA um, does those loans directly. It's an SBA loan, okay? So that's done through the SBA. The, um, the, the Paycheck Protection Loans, uh, they're using their SBA 7A loan financial institution. I mean, all the financial institutions, banks, credit unions, community banks, there'll be maybe some online lenders who will be joining those network of financial institutions. The, 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 the 7A loan, the Paycheck Protection Loan, basically you're going to be working with a bank or a financial institution in, 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 in getting that loan. So you'll be working with a financial institution and applying for that Paycheck Protection Loan and telling them, I am rolling over this EIDL loan into this new loan, this Paycheck Protection Loan. And so the SBA will be providing guidance and clarity uh, to all the banks and financial institutions that participate in the 7A loan program, you know, to let them know this is a, this is a, this is a feature, this is what we said can be done, and yes, these. So you'll be working with the bank itself in in terms of rolling over that EIDL loan uh, into that new PPP loan. So um, another question that we have about the PPP loan is: It going to be one hundred percent forgivable, or what portion is going to be forgivable? And then just to kind of piggyback on that. Um, what would the interest rate be for those portions that aren't forgivable? Um, so the portions that will be forgivable is, um, you know, essentially what I what I covered um, in the in in the beginning, which is the uh, the 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 payroll for the um, the eight week uh, period, uh, the the rent, um, utilities. Uh, the what you may be paying for paid leave, medical leave, um, health insurance, you know, sort of emergency expenses that, and, and they're, they, it's, it's pretty clear in terms of what's being laid out, um, you know, not inventory purchases or machines or anything like that. It's definitely related to paycheck protection and benefits surrounding that. So the, um, the, the what I'm reading here is that the um, uh, the maximum terms of the loan feature is a 10-year term with interest. The interest will be capped at 4%, uh, and again, 100% loan guarantee by the SBA. So, you know, whatever is not forgiven, the interest is capped at 4%. Okay, great. And then we do have another question. Um, about the actual legislation itself. So there's a question about the uninsurance, the unemployed uh, insurance tax penalties, the unemployment on that. So the question is, um, will businesses have, is a part of the legislation going to waive those tax penalties for people who have had to lay off their employees due to this crisis? Oh, for the, un the unemployment insurance piece of that? Yes. Is Oh, yeah. That's a good question, and um, I'm going to have to find that out. I, I did. I don't know. I did not see that anywhere. But it, there's a lot of relief and a lot of specifics, and I, and I'm going to I'm going to look that up, and and I'll get back to you, and then we can get this question answered. Yes, and we'll all of these um, little other details that we are working out as SBA works everything out as well. We'll be updating all of our members on. So just a quick plug, make sure to follow us on Facebook and to uh, also check in on our website uh, on the daily because we'll be providing you all with updates at ephcc.org and also on our Facebook page. So we just have three more questions um, and I'm not seeing any more come into the queue, but our next question is, what banks are going to be handling that $10,000 um, uh, advance? No banks. I mean, that comes directly from the SBA itself. And um, so if you, and this is another thing that's happening, so please be careful. You know, there are a lot of scammers and shysters out there right now, you know, who have these fake websites set up. They're sending emails. They're saying, 
we can get you this disaster loan assistance right away. All you need to, is to pay us X amount of money, provide us with your bank account. You know, there, there are no fees associated with this 10,000. There are no, no one should be asking you for a credit card. You should be going right to um, the SBA website, SBA, you know, .gov, uh, loan disasters. If you go to SBA.gov, it's going to, you'll see the, the little yellow or red tab at the top and they should be dispersing these, these directly. So this all comes from the SBA itself. Um, and again, that's the, uh, that 10,000 and the EIDL loan, the um, SBA 7A loans, the paycheck protection loans, um, the banks are going to be administrating them, administering them. They're going to be providing the applications They're, You're going to be working with them directly um, in order to get that loan money. So uh, again, watch it's in full force right now. We're getting a lot of people with reports about, Oh, is this a credible source? It's like, no, if you're not going to the SBA and applying for this loan, I mean, applying for the PEIDL uh, disaster relief and the loan, that's the only person that should be you should be going to right now for disaster relief. If you already work with a, a lending institution on the SBA, or, or if you already have a bank who's an SBA lender, you know, they might, I know some of our members, they're, they're sort of pulling together some information, they're getting information from their businesses saying, okay, give us your financials, give us this, give us that. They already have a relationship, you know, with that, with that, uh, with that bank. But that money will be coming directly from the government and, um, you know, from, from the SBA. And, you know, if that changes, uh, if they start working with, uh, you know, maybe a, a payroll provider or something, I'll let you know right away. Um, because maybe they'll need some help in terms of deploying this capital. And, and I'm sure the SBA will be letting us know right away. But for now, it should be coming right from the SBA or from the government. Okay. The U.S. Um, Treasury, I should say. The U.S. Treasury, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you will be getting your check from the U.S. Treasury instead of what would normally happen in an SBA guaranteed loan program where you get the money from the bank and then the loan is just guaranteed by the SBA. Yeah, that's, that's the information that we have right now. So, And then on the PPP loans, we do have a question about what banks are going to be offering those loans? Is it just going to be banks that are already um, certified by the SBA to do SBA loan programs? Or is that going to be opened up to include other banks that don't necessarily have that established relationship with the SBA as of right now? Yes. I mean, the answer is there. The, they, they want more community banks, credit unions, um, online lenders. Um, and, and there are some very credible ones who have matured and been around for more than 10 years now who can deploy this capital very quickly. So you do have um, community banks, regional banks who may not be SBA lenders and other financial institutions who are already um, knocking at the U.S. Treasury's door and saying we want to be a part of this program. So, you know, it should happen very quickly. Um, we hope, um, you know, that the, yes, that the U.S. Treasury itself is qualifying these banks, certifying these banks to become SBA lenders. And, uh, and it will be opened up. It has been opened up. I don't know the process by which the U.S. Treasury is determining, you know, who can be these lenders. I'm sure that obviously they have their standards. Um, but it is going to be widely opened up because they know they need more SBA lenders um, uh, and, and more financial institutions doing this to make it work and to deploy that capital as quickly as possible. And I think the other piece of that is, you know, many uh, community banks at the local level who may not be SBA lenders, I think they're in the best position in order to be able to, to uh, provide this capital and, um, you know, character comes matters a lot, sort of like how we used to do back in the old days, right? Character lending. And, um, but uh, yeah, so it, it is going to be opened up and hopefully there'll be a running list um, of those that become um, qualified, certified. Uh, and I'm sure the banks themselves, once they get that okay from the treasury, um, you'll be hearing from those in your community and in your networks. Okay, so we've got a few more questions, Karen. 
Um, first off, our first question is, if I pull out two and a half times my payroll, but my payroll has gone down and I use it as described, will I owe the difference um, and then it won't be a forgiven loan? Or what if I give a raise to make up for that difference? Okay, now what is that again? Uh, can you repeat the question? Sure. So if, yeah. if I pull out two and a half times, so if this person applies for the PPP loan um, and they apply for the two and a half times their current payroll, but their payroll goes down because people choose to leave, um, but they use it as described for rent, for utilities, uh, and then of course for whatever payroll they have left, will they still owe the difference? Will that portion of the loan not be forgiven? My understanding, and again, we'll have to look and see if guidance comes out on this in terms of providing, you know, can you actually, you know, give a raise or increase your wages to existing employees or, you know, people that you pull back? I think we have to wait for guidance on that. I mean, essentially, what the program was designed to do was to, um, uh, you know, allow you to, for, to, um, you know, cover existing employees, bring people back. Um, or even if you have new hires through June 30th, and again, it's, you have to pick sort of this eight-week window, okay? So it's this eight-week window, <laughs> and, but you can bring people back, you can hire new people. So I think it's, as, as long as it matches sort of that, you know, the payroll period through which you're, you're, you're applying for, um, and that you say it's going to be used for, it will be forgiven. And I would imagine that if it doesn't match that and of course they'll be looking at um you know they'll be looking at sort of what you uh you know all of your your payroll information or what you may be providing you know to the irs then you'll have to you know pay back the amount that's not forgiven outside of that um you know outside of what you originally took it for but if you if it matches to what you brought back uh bring people back in or new hires if it matches that that will be forgiven the only question I can answer is increasing the wages if it matches that. And that, that's a good question for guidance. If we, if we don't get that, I wrote that down. That's something that we can ask, okay? okay. Great. So yeah. then we have another question um, and it goes to the PPP loan. Um, so if we can, so should a business continue paying employees even though they aren't able to come to work because they're shut down to, due to COVID-19, should they continue to pay, pay their employees to be able to access that pay, paycheck protection loan? No, you don't have to. And that was the thing. It's like, is, um, you know, again, some of the, um, I mean, if you can do it, that's great. I mean, what a great employer you are if you continue to be able to provide, um, you know, provide payments to those employees. But you, if you can't do it right now, if cash is, 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 is running dry, you know, if you want to save the business, the DNA of the business, and you have to let those people go, I mean, saving the business is, is important, uh, is the most important thing, because once you get that loan, and I just can't tell you how long this is going to take, right, this paycheck protection loan, I can't, I mean, I can't, but you can always bring them back on, you can always do back pay, and that will be covered, and then that will be part of your, the part that will be forgiven, so, um, so there is, you know, again, they said, as long as you, that it's retroactive to that February 15th date, if you want to use that eight week, week period, you know, but I would say do what's best for the business right now in order to have a business for employees to come back to. And then if you want to do retroactive pay, you can do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and if you're really looking at, if you need that cash in order to, you know, keep that in order for the business to survive. Um, um, you know, I think that's the most important thing right now. And then you can make your employees whole uh, once you get that loan. So we do have another question coming in about what they should include in their loan request. So this individual has sent an email and they asked that could they include the costs of getting their employees uh, set up to work from home in a loan request? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not quite, I, I really don't know if that expense, um, you know, if that expense um, is, is uh, part of what can be forgiven. From a common sense perspective, I would say yes, it should be, right? 
because you know you're doing what you can you know to keep those uh employees uh employees on board and i don't know what those expenses would be if they're related to utilities if they're related to um you know like internet um you know those type of you know those you know sort of the, the guts of the business in order to keep it going and to um keep you know well, let me just say this. That is a good question for guidance that we would ask. My common sense answer would be it should be. <laughs> but sometimes, uh, you know, what we think is the intention of Congress as it gets written in the rule by government doesn't actually happen. So you could put it in the loan request, you know, and actually, and, and, and you know, again, when you're working with the, the lender, you know, at the institution, perhaps they will have guidance on this once that guidance becomes available. And they'll be in a good position to tell you what will be included or what should be included and what should not be included in there. Um, I think it should be, but what I think should be doesn't necessarily happen. <laughs> but the lender, the, the lender themselves should be able to tell you if that's something that can be forgiven based on the guidance they get from the SBA. Okay, so we've got two. But it's, it's, it's very good. To, but it's very good. To, it's very good to 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 main, I tell you what's going to be very important is to keep track of those expenses, and you know, and to maintain you know a good spreadsheet of all those expenses as well, um, uh, in terms of asking for loan for forgiveness because that's going to be very important. Um, you know, that the lender has that information available and that they basically have all that. Uh, that they can turn to um, if there's any type of audits or things like that so okay so i have three more questions in the queue and these will be our final three questions i promise um first off when you say that the loans cannot be for the same request does that mean that payroll requests under the emergency impact funding could not be rolled over to the ppp you know that is I mean, that is when you read the um, you know when you read the guidance or the uh, you know the question uh, you know that type of answer I mean sorry when you when you read the guidance from the small business committee it says it, it does seem to say that you may not take out an EIDL and a PPP for the same purpose. So if you're taking out the EIDL, you know, to cover payroll, it would seem to me that that sort of, uh, that may prevent you from taking the PPP loan out since that is, you know, all for payroll, right? I mean, most of it is for, is for, for payroll purposes. So I am going to, that is a, it's a good question and I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get clarity from that, and I'm I'm actually going to um, that's come up a couple of times because what's the use of of turning of flipping an EIDL loan into a PPP loan? Um, I mean, the big purpose would be the loan forgiveness, right, for payroll. But if you're taking out the EIDL loan for payroll, then it seems like it may preclude you from that PPP loan. So I'm going to as soon as I get off the phone, I'm going to send the uh, uh, Senate Committee on on Small Business. Um, I'm going to send them an email and ask them for a quick interpretation of that okay. because that to me seems like it's, it's a little unfair, you know, right. because if you're looking to salvage employees using the EIDL loan, then you should be able to use the, the benefits of the PPP uh, to uh, and be forgiven for that because you're doing the right thing. So I, I am, I'm, as soon as I get off, I'm going to be sending that email right away and I'm going to get that back. I'm going to get that to you, okay? Awesome. Because so, um, okay. I know time time is of the essence for people that are making decisions about these loans. Although I haven't heard anyone that's gotten an EIDL loan yet, so I guess we have a couple of hours, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm trying. I'm, I say that in jest. I know it's not funny. You know what? I, I'm just. Uh, we're all we're all in this together, right? So. Yes, and, and we're all trying to manage through how things are changing from day to day and evolving. And, and so we're all just kind of glued to our phones and our updates and everything like that. Um, but two more questions. First off, can we use the lo loan funds to pay employees after June 2020 and would it still be forgivable? 
right now, the you know, it, it, it says up until that June 30th period, any payroll period up until, you know, the eight-week period through June 30th, okay? But realize when this legislation was written, okay? And this whole uh, coronavirus um, impact has evolved over time, right? So I'm in the state of Virginia, and the government just put down a stay-at-home order and, you know, all of the restrictions on business up until June 10th. So my guess, yeah, the answer is yes, through June 30th. June 30th. That is the payroll eight-week eight week impacted period. But, you know, that might change, right, given sort of how this evolved, how the, you know, the virus is evolving, how it's spreading, you know, the these... Um, orders that are being put out by governors, even the amount, you know, that's been allocated towards this. I, I know in the first press conference that Senator Rubio and Senator Collins, that they had, they said, they go, we may have to go back and change this legislation. We, we may need more money. We may need more than $350 billion for this, um, you know, for this, this program. We may, may need a bigger appropriation. We may need to change the terms of this legislation. So what it says right now is up to June 30th, but that could change based on, you know, what's happening on the ground right now and the extension of some of these shutdown um, orders that are being given by the governors and the states and what could happen, you know, as this evolves and, and the virus may still be with us. I mean, that's the best answer I can give you up at this point. Right. So we'll just have to be... Um, making sure that we're staying tuned and just following everything very closely to see what updates are going on. And our final question is, who qualifies? And can I just can I just say, can I can I just say one thing right now though, that you know once you do get this loan, is you know do you know it, for keeping your employees on board? Um, I mean, in, in terms of your intent, it's like you know I, I want to bring these people back. Um, you know, this is sort of what makes sense for my business. This is sort of what my sense is moving forward in terms of the economy is, you know, our revenues, uh, you know, do I see some traction in the economy in terms of revenues? Where are my orders right now? You know, are they coming in or the dot? Are they still drying up? Um, that there, it, it just, you know, just continue to do what's right for your business because again, so much could change there could be an extension. They could make this eight-week period, and we'll fight for it at SB Council. We say, well, that eight-week period, you know, it needs to extend further, and there needs to be more money. So, um, you know, we want to hear from everyone out there sort of how this is working for them, what they think should be in terms of us fighting in Washington. Should it be extended to 12 weeks? Should it be extended further? Um, and, and we'll keep fighting for that, and, and we, we just have a lot of good members on both sides of the aisle who are listening to us and on acting on these things very rapidly. And hopefully we can move things through Congress quickly and get it to the president's desk. And, you know, who knows? It might be part of a phase four package that's being worked on right now. They want, they're, they're listening to us and they want to know what's going on. So, because they want to make this work for small business. And Karen, we at the Hispanic Chamber will be providing you with the feedback that we are getting from members in terms of what's working, what's not, what they need to see more of. Um, and we are constantly sending out surveys and polls to our members and talking with them over the phone to really understand on the ground level what is going on. And so we will, we look forward to working closely with you and your organization to really make sure that businesses are protected and are able to see this through. Well, thank you very much. And I know I hedged on some things only because, you know, there, the, the, uh, the information, the guidance, you know, there's not clarification on that, but you know, you get our stuff, right? So, you know, when we know, you know, right? We get it out the door right away. <laughs> and, and we know, and look at, I, I really feel for all the small businesses out there. We've been talking to them every day and I know you're doing the best that you can. And this is something all of us, you know, have, you're facing something that's pretty unprecedented right now. And, you know, hang in there. We're praying for all you and, you know, we'll continue advocating for you here in Washington. Thank you so much, Karen. And one final question on the PPP loan. Um, who exactly is going to qualify? Would nonprofits also qualify for that loan as well? 
Yeah, under the PPP loan itself, the um, um, so the if you are if it's a small business that employs 500 employees or, or fewer, or if your business is in an industry that has an employee based size standard through SBA that is higher than 500 employees, but you're still considered a small business, you know, you qualify. Tribal businesses, 501c19 veteran organizations, 501c3 nonprofits, including religious organizations, will be eligible for the program. So, um, yes, so those are, they'll definitely be, you are, you qualify for the program. And, um, you know, you know, and again, hopefully it's something that you'll be able to utilize. So that's, um, again, what's in the language, and I'm reading that right from the uh, the Senate Small Business Committee's uh, FAQs. All right. Well, thank you so much, Karen. I know that you are incredibly busy tracking everything and reading and pouring over everything, but we are just so truly grateful for you taking some time out of your day to talk to our business members, to answer the questions, and to hopefully... Um, give them a little bit of comfort and hope during this really difficult time for so many of them. Good, and again, as soon as I get more information, um, I will send it out. I just got an email from the White House, I see, and I'm gonna go through it right now, and hopefully it has the info we need, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Karen, thank you so much, and we will be in touch with you, um, and we will make sure to stay plugged in with you, uh, and. And also make sure that our members stay plugged in with you as well. So thank you so much for doing this for us today. All right. Good luck all. Hang in there. Take care. Thank you. That is it for this episode of Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast. A big thank you to Karen Kerrigan from the SBE Council for joining us and for doing this live Q&A for us. If you are a business that is currently struggling due to the COVID-19 outbreak, please give us a call at 915-566-4066 or reach out to us at 915-533-0951. We are currently available to connect with you virtually and meet with you to answer any of your questions about loans, lines of credit, or even HR issues that you might be having in your business right now. We are here to help you and support you and get you through this really difficult time. Again, this is Michelle signing off for Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast. We will catch you all next time.